So good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. And I heard there was pretty much a full house this morning, so congratulations for getting up and being here on the first uh, sitting of the day. We'll see how it goes from here, right? (laughs) So every time at this time of the day, we're going to be offering you the instructions for meditation, for actually our sitting and walking meditation. So this is, it's um, essential that you come to this uh, sitting in particular, and also the afternoon sitting when we offer the Brahma Viharas, or the loving-kindness meditation, and then the uh, Dharma talk. Those three sittings are really important that we all be together here for, so we can stay on the same page as we go through our time here. So this morning I'll be offering you some tips on how to do our practice, some understandings about practice that we can take in, and generally the the step-by-step way that we can uh, develop awareness. So get comfortable is the first uh, instruction that our teachers usually give us to relax, adjusting your posture in any way you can in all your nests that you've made for yourselves. And this morning, um, as I uh, offer these ways to do our practice and to understand our practice, first, just listening and um, taking it in and seeing if you can integrate some of the Uh, advice and recommendations that we can offer. And then um, there'll be kind of a step-by-step way to be with our moment-to-moment experience. So first relaxing, being comfortable in our cushion, on our cushion in our seat. Noticing the places in the body that may be tense or holding some tension. It's always helpful to bring our attention to the body first. Grounding, stabilizing the attention in something very palpable, the body. the precious vessel that keeps us going through our life, hopefully with balance, more and more balance. So see if you can, in your own way, scan the body for those places where there needs to be a little more intention to soften, to relax, like around the eyes, the forehead, the jaw, the shoulders. So going down the body in your own way. Relaxing, releasing any tension that you encounter. 
And then opening the awareness to the environment that we're in, the room around us, the various environmental sounds, opening the ear door, noticing with awareness all the sounds, ambient sounds of the room, people around us, and just having a sense of open, receptive attention, awareness. With the underlying understanding that noises, sounds will arise and pass away, like everything else. And this is all natural. Just as the body has natural experiences of pain and pleasure, pleasant and unpleasant, so sounds around us happen in the same way. They come and go. This is natural. This underlying understanding helps us to just receive what is going on without fighting it or wanting it to be different, establishing that neutral awareness that just reflects, knows what's going on. So this morning, these Dharma sharings are meant to give you support in order that the process and transformation of awareness can happen. So this is not just about how to do the practice, but understanding the value of our practice here together. There's an ancient word in the language of Pali, the language that the Buddhist teachings were taken down in. And that word is bhavana, which you'll hear now and again in the teachings today and the next days. Bhavana means cultivation. Cultivation and the drawing forth of wisdom in the mind and heart, which brings about compassion. So we see that in farming, which is a metaphor that the Buddha used many times, seeds are chosen to cultivate what we want to grow what we want to bring forth. It's not a willy-nilly process. So what is beneficial for the mind to grow in wisdom, insight, peace? So during this retreat, we're going to come to understand our own experience and to discern what brings wisdom, what brings suffering. 
There are many positive qualities that we can nurture and bring forth and many qualities that bring suffering. So we'll learn to nurture those that are beneficial, let go of those that don't bring benefit to our lives. The main quality that we're nurturing here is awareness, mindful awareness. So this is what we'll be inculcating in our sessions throughout the week. Awareness brings forth and strengthens all the other qualities that help bring more happiness and peace to our lives. And we'll be pointing those out during the week. Mainly, it is mindful awareness, bringing forth all the others. So remember during this week that it is an organic process. It's nothing that can be forced if we try to force it or we strive too hard. It only tires the mind. It doesn't go in the right direction. But still, it happens. So we'll learn the antidotes to that. This cultivation needs to take place throughout the day. It's not just in our sitting, but it will be in our walking and in our general activities, in our rooms, in public spaces. So whatever you learn in the hall and you take in in a quiet way, we can learn to bring that in our general activities in a general awareness way. So the first instruction is to relax. Relax the body, relax the mind. It's kind of easy to relax the body. We check it out. We notice what places are tense. We bring intention to soften around those places. And notice the letting go of that tension. And whatever remains, letting it be okay. That's the way it is. For now. But how do we relax the mind? One important way is to check if we have any agenda. If we've come to this retreat, to this sitting, with an agenda to gain something, to change something, to get rid of something. So this would be a very difficult way to practice. the wise thing to do would be to notice that there is an agenda. Being honest with ourselves, we may have come to figure something out in our lives to really get the answer to something. We may have come to 
let go of something that has been bothering us in our lives. So see if we can put a gentle attention around whatever agenda we honestly see that we've come here with and just let that dissolve into the background. Bring forth into the foreground the awareness that there is that agenda and it doesn't have to play out. What we're cultivating here is simple awareness. Moment to moment awareness of what's going on in the body and in the mind. In cultivating awareness, the object of awareness begins to fade away more, not be so important. We ground the attention in the awareness itself of whatever's happening. Just knowing there is this agenda or that agenda, there's the wanting mind, the aversive mind, the mind that's confused, but then with awareness that's knowing that, it becomes unconfused. So relaxing the mind by knowing if there's any agenda and letting that fall into the background, awareness of that in the foreground. Remember that everything that's happening is natural. It's nature. Pleasant experiences arise and unpleasant. Don't make any distinction that it's right or wrong. Just notice it as it is. It's comfortable, uncomfortable, pleasant, unpleasant. We have six major experiences as human beings. Experiences at all the sense stores. Seeing, smelling, tasting, hearing, feeling the body sensations. Those are the physical experiences and the mind door. All these experiences will arise and pass away in our practice. So these are the understandings that need to be the foundation of our practice. When we understand this, we can simply bring awareness to all of those experiences. It's helpful in the beginning of practice to start with something in the body that helps ground our attention. So if you can do that, you can start there. Start with the breath. Many of you have experience with that already. Feeling the breath in the body, at the abdomen or chest, as it rises and falls. Choose one of those places or at the nostrils if you're used to that. And let's start there. 
having all those understandings as a basis. Breathing in and out and just noticing the bare attention in connection with the object of the breath. Sensing the beginning, the middle and end of the breath in the body. So even in this short time, you may have noticed that the awareness or attention strays away from the breath, and this is natural. Let that be okay. You can come back to the breath if you still need more so-called grounding. That's okay. And when the time is right for you, when you've felt that you've grounded the attention enough in the body. Then when it strays to something else, open the attention, the awareness to that. And be aware of that which now is arising. A lot of times it's thinking when we just begin our practice. So be aware of that thinking without getting lost in it. You can notice or even note thinking. And then something else will arise. Maybe an emotion or a mind state of aversion, attachment, confusion. Notice that. Maybe a bodily sensation arises. Can let go of whatever was previously there and notice that bodily sensation. Whenever you need any grounding, you can come back to the body or the breath and begin again. Remember that our practice is not about being with the breath all the time. When something else arises, allow awareness to know that experience. Whether it's thinking, an emotion or a mental state, bodily sensation, Just noticing, being aware, coming back to the breath as much as you need to, and allowing the attention to open again to whatever else is arising. So awareness is the main thing here. Whatever object arises, is not that important. It's the awareness of that experience that's important.
So see if we can keep a balance of being alert yet relaxed moment to moment. Doing the best we can and letting that be enough, good enough.
remembering to settle back, relaxing into that moment-to-moment awareness, reflecting whatever the object is without getting lost in what is being known. At the five physical sense doors or the mind, whatever the object is that arises within those categories. Settling back into the awareness, letting awareness reflect whatever's happening moment to moment.
So thank you for your practice. At this time, uh, usually after our sitting together, uh, there's a space open for questions about your practice or any areas you need some clarification in. So let me know if you have any questions. Have you got the answers? Hopefully so. Yes. How how are you, how are you going to um, tie the practices and the Dharma talks into the manual of insight? How are we going to tie the practices in the Dharma talks into the manual of insight? Mostly, what we say is based on the manual of insight because. We've all been trained generally, some of us more particularly, in, in that. The Manual in, of Insight is um, a book written by our grandfather teacher, Mahasi Sayadaw, just so you all know, that uh, I and several others were involved in the translation of. And it just got released last year. It was really um, a work of art by this grandfather teacher of ours, who actually brought the teachings of of the Buddha that usually were given just to monks and nuns. They were offered in 19... started out in about 1947 to lay people in Burma. And so he um, he put down in, in Burmese and in Pali all the understandings that he um, inculcated, and he was known to be a, a, a very highly evolved... Uh, practitioner and um, monk in Burma. So it's a very important treatise of of the understandings of the Buddha through his translation um, of his through his own mind and then through our translation in English. So a lot of what we are going to talk about ha- have reference to that and there'll be a lot of references to what he talked about in the book, but we may not say it's from that particular book. It just basically comes from there. And so at the during one of my own Dharma talks and kind of integrated within our Dharma talks will be what's called, I like to call the process of insight, the natural unfolding of insight that comes when we put awareness on our moment-to-moment experience. So... Um, Usually in the West it's called the progress of insight, but that seems to inculcate a lot of striving, so I use the process of insight instead. So that's it. To bring that out um, publicly, thanks for that. Yeah. Yes? What's the difference between um, cultivating an awareness of a thought mm-hmm. and just sort of getting rid of that thought? Oh. Just moving beyond it. Yeah, there's a big difference between um, understanding and inculcating awareness of thinking different than trying to get rid of the thinking. So <clears throat> the the biggest difference is that awareness is a very neutral, um, free from greed, hatred, and delusion experience. There's awareness of the object. The object here is thinking, and there's awareness of it. There are two different things that arise and pass away. So in our practice, what we're trying to 
um, inculcate moment to moment is this resting in the awareness, which is also moment to moment, rather than in the object. And without using uh, avoidance, which means turning away from, without using wanting something else, without um, kind of coloring the the experience with wanting something else so we don't like what's happening so we think of another thought you know go there or aversion to that thought which is not awareness so when we're trying to get rid of awareness what's happening is there's really uh, get rid of um, the thought there's really not awareness there but there's aversion there so that's the big difference so in aware, when we bring up awareness, there's a simple mindful noticing or awareness of that thought without aversion, without attachment, without delusion. It's just simply these two things arise. The, this object is known, and that's what's happening, and they both pass away. Then another object arises, but sometimes maybe aversion arises, and it goes, boom, I don't like that. And so what becomes more prevalent in that moment is the aversion. And so without noticing that, that's what gets reseeded into the mind and comes up again. So when we can bring awareness there, it doesn't allow, if awareness is strong enough moment to moment, it does not allow greed and hatred and delusion to come into play. So when there's just more and more awareness, it can bring in more wisdom to what needs to be done. That's a short of the long of it. Yeah. The long of it will be the Dharma talks that we talk about, that we describe. Yeah. Could you describe what you mean by delusion? Delusion is um, seeing or, or kind of experiencing what goes, is going on. And because there is kind of a film of delusion between what's going on and the awareness of it, there's a film of delusion. So that what is being seen is being seen what we call wrongly. (laughs) So basically, it's seeing but seeing wrongly. That's the kind of what Mahasi said, I would say. why is it being seen wrongly? Because in that moment that whatever is arising, delusion ceases as permanent, but it's really impermanent. That's delusion, seeing it. Or it sees it as self, but it's really not self. Or it sees it as, oh, this will last forever and this is wonderful. It sees it as bringing continuous happiness, but it won't bring continuous happiness. So that's when delusion is there. Yeah. So if you are consistently seeing that your reaction to whatever is happening is one of those three, then um, that can be the object itself. Exactly. Because that's not going away for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I'll add on to that. So the comment is, so when there is greed, hatred, or delusion arising, then that would be the, the object. Okay, so what, what happens then is that 
say, attachment arises, say there is a thought about something, and then there is awareness that, oh, thinking, thinking, and the awareness of it. And then there's noticing that, oh, there's attachment to that thinking that's arising kind of within that thinking. So then there is the, the attachment and there is the mindful awareness to it. So in those moments, um, what we try to um, what we try to lean towards is uh, towards the being grounded in the awareness of that object, even if it's greed, hatred, and delusion. So what happens moment to moment is there is this constant reinforcement of just being aware, just being aware arising with every moment of whatever the object is. So in time, what happens is that the mind is very clear in the awareness of whatever it is, and it isn't lost or identified in the object. And the object can be greed or hatred. So it knows that it's there, but it's not identified with it. So what happens? It weakens And what strengthens is awareness. So the mind can more constantly be in the awareness of what's happening rather than lost in it. So that's the first thing that the mind starts to realize. Oh, it's possible not to be lost in these objects, but to know that they're happening. And so this is what starts to strengthen the mind. Because what happens when we're lost in the object is that all these other things, delusion, ignorance, ways of acting or speaking harmfully, they arise out of that. But when the mind is more settled in the awareness, what arises out of that is compassion, is loving kindness, is connection, is wisdom. So it isn't like we're just, you know, kind of robots being in awareness all the time and, okay, what now, you know? Well, from that, a lot of wisdom and compassion arises. So wise states of mind arise from that. Unwise states of mind arise from being lost in, uh, in the objects of greed, hatred, and delusion. So we're learning now to settle back into the awareness. So you see why awareness is so utterly important in our practice. And that's the main thing that we're trying to impart to all of you. Just one more thing, yes. Um, I have a question. Um, If there is no self, what is awareness? And is awareness the mind? Is Awareness is part of the mind. And the question about what is self and if there's no awareness, then what is the mind? Okay. Uh, We're going to be answering that question throughout this whole retreat. (laughs) So I'm not going to fully go into that right now. It's just a lot too much information, I think. Yeah. But first, I I really want to say that um, there is a sense of self. Okay? There is, like, we exist on this relative relational level of existence. And that is a relative truth. We really need to respect that relative truth. There's relational, relative sense of self that exists. And we need to act and speak 
and think from that point of view because we need to have that connection and kindness and not harming in our lives. So um, there is a sense of self here. Ultimately, we see that everything that comprises this sense of self is arising and passing away. There's no core to any single moment of it. And we have to be able to integrate those two things. Okay. But bit by bit, we'll understand it experientially and not through words. So thank you for, for all of those clarifications that needed to come out. Now we're um, going to do a little bit of ceremony around the renunciation. And so I want to have our cell phones, so I want to hand it over to Mark. Um, walking meditation so for now what we need to do um, in this next period of time after this little ceremony is we're going to do some walking for now just bring a general awareness around your walking just being slowing down a bit helping us to slow down those of you who know how to do the back and forth walking do that and we're going to give more full instructions at the end of the next sitting. So please come to the next sitting and there'll be instructions given uh, on the formal walking practice. Looks like many of you already renounced your cell phone, but there may be a few people left in the room. And uh, whether you've actually put yours in, um, Julie put out of some plastic bags and pieces of paper so you can put your name in the bag so that the office knows whose phone it is. And in case somebody has a phone that looks like yours at the end of the retreat, it'll be easy to find yours. But um, I think it's nice for all of us, whether you just shut your phone down and left it in your room or locked it in your car, or you're one of the folks who put it up here in the basket, to appreciate what a big renunciation. In a way, it's symbolic of leaving behind our families and our duties and responsibilities for these days. And uh, this is an opportunity for anybody who hasn't put it in the basket to you can be a symbol for all of us about how we're letting go and do that now just walk up place it in the basket go back to your seat so please do that now I'm gonna ring the bell each time <laughs> <laughs> this renunciation make us really happy <laughs> and free and remember at any time during the retreat if your cell phone does start to talk to you just mindfully walk to the office and somebody there will help you get it into the safe with all the other <laughs> cell phones and if for some reason you didn't put it in a plastic bag 
feel free to connect with the office later today or probably it's okay because most people have it in the bag and you'll find it at the end of the retreat. Any other announcements? Uh, Julie said to make sure they're off. Yeah, that's the other thing. So if for some reason you forgot to turn it all the way off, you can just, I'm going to carry it into the office so you could just follow me into the office and we'll get you your cell phone and make sure that it's all the way off in case you forgot that. Thanks, everyone.